Hello, ladies, and welcome to our first episode of Sharing the Journey. I know you've seen a lot online lately about our new podcast, and I'm very excited today uh, to be recording that. We hope that you'll stay with us and join us as we move into the future with, with more information for you all, more biblical, uh, solid biblical teaching from ladies across the country, uh, and some right here at home. We're looking for guests. If you know someone, let us know. We'll look into that. But we thank you for being here with us today. We hope that you will continue to share this journey with us. And now we're going to take time for a few announcements. And when we come back, we'll have our first guest on our podcast, Michelle Leslie. You are watching Sharing the Journey with Melissa Morris. To support Sharing the Journey, you can click the link in the description or text JOURNEY to 22525. If you would like to connect to Melissa through a website, you can go to popupchurchba.com backslash true hyphen journey. To connect with Melissa on social media, you can go to the various Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. And also check out our blog at tttjblog.wordpress.com. Sharing the Journey is a ministry of Pop-Up Church VA, and you can connect with Pop-Up Church through the website, through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, it's about time to get back to sharing the journey with Melissa Morris. Michelle, thank you for being here today. Well, thank you so much. It's so great to be with you today. Yeah, it was uh, nice of you to volunteer to, to come on with us and be our first guest on the new Sharing the Journey uh, podcast. Uh, it's something new for us, so uh, thank you for being a, a willing uh, participant. Um, well, it's my pleasure. That, for those of you that don't know, Michelle, is a, a, she has a podcast she's uh, going to talk about and some Bible teaching. Uh, but first, Michelle, if you'd just like to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, if you don't mind. Well, sure thing. Uh, my name is Michelle Leslie, and I am happily married to my wonderful husband, Scott, for 28, over 28 years now. And uh, we have six wonderful children, five boys and one girl. And I say children and boys and girl, but my, my youngest is uh, almost 18 and my oldest is 33. So <laughs> I guess they're not boys and girls anymore. Uh, and I also have a wonderful son-in-law. So uh, we're, we're just thrilled with them and we're really enjoying um, watching all of them grow and become young adults. And, and they're such a joy uh, to, to, to know, you know, just as people and uh, to, to watch how they're walking with the Lord. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else. I'm a member of the Southern Baptist Church here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that I just love, and uh, my pastors are all wonderful, and I'm very thankful for, for all of them, and um, I am an LSU Tigers fan, <laughs> uh, so, and that's, that's pretty much me. I, my life is pretty much taking care of my family and serving my church, and then in my leftover time, I have a little blog that I write for and a podcast called A Word Fitly Spoken. So that's pretty much me. And you mentioned the word fitly spoken. <laughs> um, I know you do that with Amy Spreeman. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I have just wanted to take this opportunity to let you know I have learned so much from you all 
uh, in the past year, once I joined Twitter, it was like I went from Facebook high school to Twitter seminary (laughs) (laughs) and have just grown so much in the challenge, you know, the challenges that you put out there and the teaching that you ladies do um, has grown me. And I I hope that we can share that with other folks. Um, If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about the podcast. Well, the podcast is sort of the same idea as my blog. It's just general discipleship sort of topics. Uh, The only, well, I don't know if it's the only difference or not, but uh, one of the main differences between the podcast and the blog, as far as topics go, is that on my blog, I run a weekly Bible study and we don't really do Bible study per se, at least not expository um, study through books of the Bible on the podcast. But we do try to, um, we address current events uh, in evangelicalism, I guess you could say on the, on the, um, podcast. And, uh, we, we talk about false teachers sometimes, and we talk about, uh, issues in the church. And then we talk about things that, um, that women might be going through in their spiritual lives, like prayer. And, uh, how do I, how do I talk to my friends about this issue or that issue and things like that? So we try to cover a wide variety of topics and, uh, we've really learned a lot in the process too. So, you know, it's always a joy to, to dig into those topics, to prepare for the show and to see what God's word has to say about them and, and to apply those truths to our own lives as, as well as, as to try to, uh, share some information and some edification and encouragement with our audience. So we're real pleased that, uh, you know, we are able to be a blessing to anyone or to encourage anyone or to teach anyone. Um, that's just, it's so wonderful to be able to be used by the Lord like that. And, you know, we're just, we're just a couple of cracked pots, not cracked pots, but cracked <laughs> pots, you know, trying to serve the Lord and to be uh, godly vessels for him. So. And that's amazing because that that's really what we need today is not people who are trying to be perfect, but uh, people who are showing that the only way that that we can can even exist is is through Jesus and through his work. Um, and then we try to emulate him through through scripture. Uh, and, and I know if I look around at what when I was in college, we we said pretty people. And you try to measure yourself up to those people and, and maybe sometimes you don't want to, uh, <laughs> but you shouldn't, you should measure yourself against the scripture uh, and then strive to move forward. So I appreciate you all being in that sort of checks and balances uh, system with your podcast. And I know one thing that I really learned a lot about that, that you and Amy talk about is biblical womanhood. And that is one thing that kind of got the fire going for this podcast, uh, because there are a lot of ladies these days that don't necessarily fit into that traditional role anymore, Um, myself being one of those. So biblical womanhood has kind of changed over the years, uh, not scripturally, of course, but just what we might see uh, with the times changing. For example, I am a single, never married uh, woman now who's uh, disabled with health problems, who's raising two boys uh, through other circumstances. And as we joke about that, we say there's no Sunday school class for that. You don't see that on the (laughs) sign when you walk down the hall. So a lot of this is wanting to let people feel included. So tell us a little bit about... um, 
how scripture defines biblical womanhood? There's not any, um, you know, it's, it's always easy when the Bible has a particular verse you can go to and says, you know, this is biblical womanhood, blah, 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 blah. But the Bible doesn't have any particular verse like that. But I think we can learn a lot uh, just by studying our Bibles comprehensively as a whole. We can certainly learn a lot from uh, the 31st chapter of Proverbs. Uh, where it describes godly women. And I think another passage that we can learn a lot from that, that, we're, uh, that we neglect a lot of times, or maybe a lot of people don't even know about, is 1 Timothy 5, where uh, Paul is talking to Timothy about the, uh, the instructions for how to care for the widows in the church and what the qualifications are for someone to receive the services of the church. And a lot of the qualifications are just the qualifications of a godly woman. And so you go through that chapter and and it talks about not only older widows, but younger widows as well. And so it not only describes the, how older women are to comport themselves and the characteristics we're supposed to have, but also it allows the younger women to look at that chapter and look at what they should strive to be like, and also look at some of the negative things that it says about some younger women and make sure that they don't get off on that wrong track, like, like going from house to house being tail bearers and things like that, um, you know, and, and to strive for that godly maturity. So I think we can learn a lot from those two passages, Proverbs 31 and 1 Timothy 5. Uh, but just uh, being a godly woman is first being a godly person. Um, we have to know Christ as Savior. We have to be striving for holiness. And most of the instructions for all of that are the same for women as they are for men. Um, and so we just need to, to um, rest in Christ's work for us on the cross. We need to keep walking with him every single day. It's, it's really not being, you know, sometimes we, we take these topics uh, like biblical womanhood, you know, and it's a big like banner type of topic. And we think it's like this big complicated thing, you know, that you have to really get and you have to really do this and do that and, and make sure all your ducks are in a row. But really the heart of biblical womanhood is just, like I said, resting in what Christ has done for us on the cross and getting up every day and walking with him. And that really is basically it. We just walk with him moment to moment. We obey him moment to moment. We go to bed, we get up, we do the same thing the next day. So that's that's really the heart of. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because if you don't start with the scripture, you don't know what you're supposed to do. That's our, that's that's right. our guidebook. Uh, what do you think um, for women today are some of the biggest challenges to trying to live out the scripture? Um, I think there's so many, so many challenges uh, that we face trying to live out biblical womanhood. And a lot of them are really intertwined and uh, so I think a lot of the challenge that we face is that we don't do what I was just saying. We don't, first of all, a lot of, a lot of women who identify as Christians are false converts. And so that's going to be a huge problem if you're trying to walk in obedience to the Lord, because you cannot do that without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to walk with Christ and to be obedient to him and, and to have the heart desire 
to be obedient to him. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have that. <clears throat> so I think that's a major problem in evangelicalism today is that a lot of women think they're saved and they really aren't because they've put their, their faith in a Jesus that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Maybe it's an, an idol of their own making uh, that they've formed with their mind and they've just called him Jesus and it he bears little if any resemblance to the Jesus of the Bible. Or maybe they have been told um, in Catholicism or some other religion that uh, being a Christian just means being a good person. And so they're, they're not believing the gospel, they're believing in their own good works to get them to heaven, and that's not salvation. Uh, it doesn't matter if you call yourself a Christian or not. And, you know, then there are other things like, especially in, uh, I don't know if this is a, an issue as much in other denominations, but I know as a Southern Baptist, this is a, a pretty big issue uh, in our denomination that a lot of times we, um, we kind of rush people through the salvation process, especially when they're small children. And we just kind of, nobody does this with bad intentions, of course, but we just kind of say to this kid, don't you want to go to heaven when you die? And of course, what little kid doesn't want to go to heaven when he or she dies? And, um, and you know, talking about death is kind of scary to a little kid anyway. And we rush them through this prayer of, you know, a sinner's prayer. And this kid grows up not knowing what happened, not knowing what he or she said, not knowing what it meant, but because she's said this prayer and maybe because she's been baptized after that, she hangs her eternity on that when she's never really been genuinely born again. So all of that to say, I think that is one of the major problems uh, plaguing us in the area of biblical womanhood in the church today is that a lot of women are simply false converts. I think another problem is that there has not been proper training and teaching in our churches for the women who are saved about the authority of scripture that your opinions your feelings your um you know your personal experiences that's not what you live your life by that's not your you know your standard of measurement for what you're going to believe or how you're going to live scripture is and when we come to scripture we don't come to it and and pick and choose like it's a cafeteria line and think oh i'll 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 believe this i agree with this i'll submit to this but I don't like that over there. And so I'm just going to find some sort of excuse to not believe it or not obey it or whatever. No, scripture is our authority. Scripture is our standard. And when we come to scripture, we come to scripture with an attitude of submission to it, with an attitude of I'm, I'm going to try my best to understand this. And even if it's hard, I'm going to embrace it and believe it because it's God's word and it's my authority. So I think that's another major problem that we um that we have in the area of biblical womanhood in the church those are probably the two top ones i would say sure i i agree 100 percent. i think um discipleship has fallen by the wayside uh when mm -hmm. it comes to that to that salvation coming up and saying that prayer uh, right and there's a lot of growth uh that comes after that that's right and it never i think stops. sometimes Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was That's just, you okay. made me have a thought. So I was going to share it. And um, I think a lot of times, and this is unfortunately something that has plagued Southern Baptists as well, is that when we read the Great Commission, we need to realize it doesn't say go and make converts. It says go and make disciples. Mm 
Right. And we, you know, a lot of times, and again, nobody means to do this, but sometimes there can be an, you know, here's another notch on my belt with, with evangelism. I've got so many, you know, 15 decisions this week. So, and then that's where it stops, you know, and, and we don't concern ourselves with getting people into uh, a good church, making sure they're plugged in, making sure they're learning, uh, making sure they're attending things like that. So that's another, you know, that, that would probably be my number three is the lack of emphasis on the church. Um, a lot of, I get contacted by a lot of women um, who are unchurched and that's more understandable with COVID and everything now. And uh, I've also gotten uh, to understand and to see that a lot of women have left their churches that they were in before COVID because their churches are not opening back up or they came to realize during COVID that their church was not doctrinally sound or whatever. And so that's a big problem too, but we, we don't seem to have a good understanding in average evangelicalism that the church is vital. It's not optional. We are commanded to be part of a local body. And there, there are good reasons for that. And, and one of the things that uh, Christ tells us in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 is that he says that you're not to neglect the assembling together of yourselves and all the more as you see the day drawing near, you know, the day of Christ's return drawing near. And I think we have really seen that's been one of the blessings of all of this turmoil that we've gone through in the last year or so is that we've seen or at least it's been impressed upon us and we've maybe felt more urgently that Christ is coming back and really soon. <laughs> and yeah. we need to be meeting together more, not less, more. And so there just doesn't seem to be that emphasis on, you know, like when you and I were coming up, um, the, there was that emphasis that you're, you're at church every week, unless you're sick or you're dead or you're out of town or whatever right I mean that was my experience growing up and um, you know, there just doesn't seem to be that same emphasis anymore a lot of professing Christians seem to have this attitude that they'll you know they'll go if there's nothing better to do or they'll go if they can find a church that's perfect in every way Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I don't mean to trivialize that there are a lot of bad churches out there and a lot of people are trying, you know, they are trying to find a good church and they just can't. Um, but for those who have a good church available to them, there's just not the emphasis that there should be on faithful attendance and serving the church. And so that's another problem because that's, that feeds into the other two problems I was talking about of creating false converts and uh, lack of training in the authority of scripture. And the authority of scripture would have us understand that we are to be devoted to the church. So like I said, they're kind of all interconnected and uh, they just, a lot of those problems just feed off of each other, unfortunately. Yes, they do. And the, the urgency of getting the gospel out and then discipling I think has fallen by the wayside yeah. and I know here we're in a very small community and when I was growing up I think we're we're about the same age um when I was growing up and you played little league and you had all these activities you never had games on Sunday or Wednesday That's because right. everybody went to church now right. it's we have a ball game we'll I, I was actually in a church one time where a family said 
we're playing travel ball and we'll see you in two months when we get back, you know, and it's like, okay, what are mm-hmm. we putting first? Right. You know, the chance yeah, we of just... your kid being a major league ball player or slim to none, but the chances of your kid going to heaven or hell are 100%, mm-hmm. you know, so there has to be a, an urgency there and, and families have just put, uh, put other things above being in church with church family and I'm preaching mm-hmm. to the choir I, I'm guilty um, <laughs> of that as well putting other things you know above above church but now with with the way things are and and like you said with the world the way it is and and COVID we've been given an opportunity I believe to self-examine to church examine <laughs> to examine mm-hmm. everything that goes into our faith and uh, I think we've all seen that it, it's come up lacking and we really have a lot of work to do. Yeah. And, and saying that, I'll go into this. Uh, I know you do a lot of teaching on um, false teachers and mm-hmm. I have appreciated that because there are so many women who fall into um, a teacher who may have a popular Bible study or, you know, a book or something. And it, is not necessarily always scriptural. Uh, Recently, and we'll just jump into this with both feet, (laughs) in the last week, there was a huge announcement uh, uh, by Beth Moore uh, regarding leaving the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, And you just released an article that just nails it. It is the, everybody needs to read it. It is the I told Mike, I said, it's, it's almost like the idiot's guide to what's going on with it because it explained <laughs> everything to me. Because sometimes you get lost in all of that. And we're going to put, right. if you'll check the comments, uh, when we go with this, we're going to have all this information in our comments. So if you can just look below, you'll see that. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Sure. What would you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> we can talk all day. Um, talk a little bit about how women may get caught up in the, in, and wh- wh- let's go back to this. What are some of the things, and we'll, since we spoke of Beth Moore, we'll just talk, what are some of the things that um, we should understand about her ministry that are not scriptural? Oh gosh, that's such a huge question. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's let's start with a couple of the obvious things. Um, okay. Probably the, the most obvious thing that people can look at and see is that she preaches to men. Now, I know there's a lot of women out there who don't think that's a problem, but it is according to scripture. If scripture is your authority, then you have to see it as a problem because scripture says it's a problem. Um, so, so that's an issue that could be like the, the first red flag of something that you can tangibly see, uh, in a video of her teaching or, you know, a video of her preaching the Sunday sermon at various churches and things of that nature. So that, that should be, if you see a celebrity Bible teacher, uh, who's a woman preaching to, to preaching the Sunday sermon or teaching men at her conferences or whatever, that should be a red flag to you to look further into this and see what's going on with her because that is not biblical. Another major red flag that's easy to see, and I usually tell people these are kind of, if you're, if you're trying to figure out if you should follow a certain uh, female teacher, these are two quick litmus tests to look for. So if, if she's preaching to men, you shouldn't be following her because she's living in unrepentant sin and you wouldn't follow a male teacher who's living in unrepentant adultery, right? So you shouldn't follow, or, you know, or, or 
shoplifting or, you know, anything like that, anything that's a sin and is unrepentant. And she is, Beth is unrepentant about this. She has been addressed about it numerous times. And she has either ignored the person who is addressing her about it, or she defends herself, or she's ugly to the person who's asking her the question or whatever. So she's not repentant about it. Um, so that's one, one easy litmus test. That's somebody you shouldn't be following. And then the second one, uh, other easy litmus test is if the person is, is hobnobbing, hanging around with, partnering in ministry with, speaking at conferences with uh, well-known false teachers. Actually, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be somebody who's well-known, but it's easier to spot if it's somebody who's well-known that's a false teacher. So, you know, if you're Beth Moore and you're appearing on Joyce Meyer's TV show, that's a problem. She is a major false teacher. Uh, she's, and, you know, her false teaching is well known to a lot of people. Um, so those are, those are two major things about Beth and about a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of popular uh, women's Bible study teachers that are easy to spot and easy to just go, she's doing this. I know that's unbiblical. I shouldn't follow her. Um, but then Beth also teaches things like extra biblical revelation. God told me this. God told me that. God said, let's go out in the yard and build a snowman. Uh, you know, things that just don't line up with scripture. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, there's lots of things like the, um, the sort of hot button issues that are going on right now in, uh, so in social issues like she has... Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, several other women's Bible study teachers and I were asked to publicize an open letter to Beth asking her to just clarify her position on homosexuality. And <clears throat> for, I think it was, it was over two weeks, I believe, she slandered us and attacked us and uh, refused to answer, not that she had to answer to us, you know, just, you know, she could have written a blog post or a quick Twitter comment or anything like that saying, I believe homosexuality is a sin. And she wouldn't do something even that simple. And so she dragged this out and dragged this out. She blocked me on Twitter. She blocked some other people on Twitter that were asking her about this. And we weren't being mean to her or anything like that, but it became obvious that she was refusing to answer such a simple question for a woman who has taught the Bible for 40 years. It's not like she didn't know. And then it was discovered that in her book, Praying God's Word, she had had a whole section in that book. I think it was like six or eight pages that dealt completely biblically with the topic of homosexuality and the fact that it was a sin that needed to be repented of and that God could deliver you from it and, and things like that. And she had removed that completely biblical section of her book. Uh, and when people started asking her about it on Twitter, she said, well, I just thought that would keep people from coming to Christ, or I just thought that would, I overshot scripture by a mile on that, she said, which she really didn't. I read it, and it was biblical. I mean, I would write something like that myself, and she has a lot of followers. She has a lot of people, Christians, professing Christians, I guess, who think homosexuality is fine. They're, they may not be homosexuals themselves, but they, you know, they approve of it. <clears throat> and she sort of hangs out online with a lot of people who are either homosexual themselves or mostly, mostly they're not homosexual 
themselves, but they are affirming of homosexuality, such as Jim Hatmaker, uh, Jonathan Merritt, and some some other people. So that's why the question was even asked in the first place, because she's hobnobbing with these people who think homosexuality is just fine. So on that issue, she has been, you know, she's been straying from, you know, the purely biblical stance on that. Uh, she has recently, when people have asked her about abortion, I've seen this a couple of times, she has started using the liberal line, I am pro all of life from the, I guess, the womb to the tomb and immigration and all of this stuff. So she has taken to a, sort of a liberal stance on that. Um, for critical race theory, she has been promoting that heavily. She has been recommending um, some of these books on uh, on critical race theory and on uh, race written by people who well I'm just gonna say it they're promoting what we what we used to call reverse racism uh, in other words uh, traditional racism what we think of traditional racism is white people hating black people reverse racism the way we used to call it is black people hating white people or you know, discriminating against white people or whatever. So that's what's going on with that. <clears throat> so she's promoting that. And then it's just, it's like every social issue that comes up, she's, she's on the progressive side of it lately. Um, so those are a lot of the issues with her. And you know, I hate to say this, it pains me to say this. I haven't said this publicly a whole lot, but um, having looked at her trajectory over the past 20 years or so, um, I think the evidence points to the fact that she's not safe. Um, Elizabeth Prada wrote a wonderful um, article not too long ago talking about this. I believe the name of it was something like, has, has Beth always been unsound or did she just start going that direction or something like that? I just mangled the title, but it's something like that. Has did she start off good and now she's bad or something to that effect? Just uh, we'll uh, maybe we can find the link to that and, and put that in, you know, at the little we'll, uh, the we'll bottom look there. That up and we'll post <laughs> all those links for anybody interested in reading that. We'll also, okay. you and Amy have done an amazing uh, couple of podcasts lately on one on two part on Beth Moore and Joyce Meyer. Okay. Uh, we'll put the link to that up as well. Just look down in the okay. comments. Um, okay, Michelle, tell us that if our ladies want to come and see you in person, what can they expect? Well, I think they can expect some of what we're talking about here because we're the, we're doing it on biblical womanhood. And also we're going to, I believe we said we're going to have a Q&A session too, right? Yes, we are. Yeah. And so if you have questions about anything that I've said here today or anything that I'm going to say at the conference, you can certainly ask that and I will do my level best to answer um, and answer in a biblical way. So um, it's just, if, if you're going to come on out to the conference, you can expect to hear lots of Bible, um, maybe some truth that might step on your toes just a little bit if you're not used to hearing that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, we all get our toes stepped on from time to time, and, and we all need that as long as it's scripture stepping on our toes. So I try to be as gentle as I can, but sometimes scripture just comes in like a sledgehammer and we just got to take it. So <laughs> that's kind of what you can expect. And then there, I do speak at other conferences all over the country. And, you know, what you can expect, you know, at one of my conferences in general is just whatever topic that they've asked me to speak about. And 
And I usually try to do a Q&A at, at every conference if I can, because I just have a lot of fun at those. It's kind of like what we're doing right now. So sure. uh, I, I just really enjoy talking to people and answering their questions and, and things like that. So that's what you can expect if you come out in October. Uh, and I hope to see you there. Well, our ladies have a lot of time to listen to your podcast, read your <laughs> Bible studies, and come up with some good ones for you. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> when you're, we're looking really, really looking forward to that because we don't normally have a lot of events like that here. Like I said, it's a small, small area. Uh, so we are really looking forward to that. And we've got a lot of time to get the word out to uh, ladies that, that need to be here to hear these things. One other thing we mentioned was what does it look like now for women serving in the church? What does that ministry role look like? Where should we be serving and where should we not be serving? Well, when that question is asked, usually what we need to do is we need to talk about the parameters under which women should be serving. And let me just start by saying women should be serving their churches, okay? Um, they're, the only ways that women should not be serving their churches uh, would be in accordance with what scripture teaches about the role of women in the church. And most of the time when we talk about that, we go to First Timothy 2. Uh, it's two, First Timothy 2.12 is the hang your hat on at verse that most people use, but it's really 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 3, I want to say 10, 15, something like that, where, where it starts with what women are to do and not to do, and then it talks about uh, how men are to take the lead and take the responsibility of, of leading the church, and so that women don't have to have that on their shoulders, and we can be free to do some other things that are pleasing to the Lord. So really the only things that are um, off limits to us biblically as women is that scripture would prohibit us from being pastors and elders and holding those offices. Scripture would prohibit us from helping those offices. And that would be, we are not to instruct men in the scriptures in the gathering of the church. And we are not to hold unbiblical authority over men in the gathering of the church. And holding authority over men can take a variety of different forms. And it, a lot of it just kind of depends on how your church runs. Uh, I usually give the example of my husband used to be a minister of music. And so we were serving in a church many years ago where a woman was the head of the personnel committee. Uh, and so uh, the way it worked in that church was that the personnel committee, you know, kind of oversees uh, hiring and firing of people and things like that and other personnel issues like vacation time and I guess insurance and things like that. <clears throat> but this lady um, decided that her role was to be the supervisor of the pastor and my husband. And uh, she would come in all the time and instruct my husband on what hymns we would and would not sing and how he would and would not run the choir and things of this nature. And so I used, that was a horrible experience that we went through at that church because she was very, she wasn't a nice person. But uh, anyway, so that's what I used. It was a terrible experience, but it gave me a good example to use of unbiblical authority. And so she was exercising unbiblical authority over my husband and the pastor. Um, so that's, that's one example. And then uh, teaching men the scriptures were not to preach 
the the sermon to co-ed groups of people. We're not to, for example, teach co-ed adult Sunday school classes and things of this nature. Um, and I, I specify adult because it is okay for women to teach children and boy children are children, so they're not men. So those are the main things that that are off limits to us, but those are the only things that are off limits to us. We desperately need women to be teaching other women. Uh, we were talking a few minutes ago about Beth Moore, and there are so many of these um, celebrity Bible teachers that have such an influence over the church that if you are a godly, discerning woman who is able to teach the Bible, we need you to be in there teaching women the truth of scripture so please and even if you maybe have never thought about teaching before think about that because we need you on the front lines you are desperately needed we also need women to be teaching the children in our churches you know in a lot of churches a lot of times children will come to church but maybe their parents will drop them off or maybe somebody from the church goes out and there's a bus ministry or something like that and picks the children up and brings them to church and a lot of those kids don't have Christian parents at home. And so they need a godly church mom, maybe we could call it, to pour the scriptures into them and, and to share the gospel with them and things of that nature. And, you know, even if they do have moms and dads that are members at that church where you're teaching their children, those parents need you to reinforce what they're teaching at home. They need you to, um, you know, to supplement the teaching that the kids are getting at home and to reinforce the teaching that the kids are getting at home with scripture. So that's really important. And then there are lots of other ways that that women can serve the church as long as it doesn't involve preaching to men, teaching scripture to men or holding authority over men. You know, if you are if you like mowing the grass, go out and mow the grass for the church. If you're you know, you like working in the sound booth and doing things with electronics, do that. You know, if you're if you're really good at math, serve on the finance committee, uh, work in the nursery. You know, I've, I've got an, an article on this. We might put the link down there about all, you know, just all kinds of different ways that that women can serve. Fold the bulletin, be the church secretary. You know, there's all kinds of things that you can do. But a lot of times what we what we get focused on, what the emphasis is on is what we can't do. And we get focused on that instead of turning around and looking at all the things we can do and that we're desperately needed to do. And then even if you don't have at the moment, you should have a formal place of service in your church, but if you're between places of service or if you haven't found your place yet, everybody, every woman should be setting a godly example for all the other people in her church of being a godly woman, being a godly wife, mother, single woman, whatever, you know, station of life God has called you to, you set a good example for the rest of your church. So those are, those are some ways that we can serve and, and we really need to be in there serving. And that, uh, you know, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about being a good involved member of your church. So, you know, again, they're all interconnected and, uh, I agree, and it, it's very important that that serve. You mentioned the kids that come to church sometimes. That that's a group of folks that I I feel at at our church plant pop up church. We will be reaching out to those folks who, you know, may just need that extra somebody to come along and and right. talk to because so many people feel like they don't have a place to fit in and and you belong in God's family 
and we'll help you uh, figure that out. You know, you right. just come to us and we'll help you figure that out because that's our goal. Uh, but everybody needs to serve. Just looks like sometimes that um, the things, the forbid, forbidden fruit are the things that folks want to go after versus right. the things that we can do. So exactly. thank you for sharing that. We will put a link up to that article. If you'll look in the comments, um, we'll put a link up to that article. Michelle has a, a plethora of information out there that, that will help you grow in uh, your relationship with the Lord and understanding your, your role as a, as a woman, and especially in today's world, because things have gotten kind of crazy <laughs> with all that. But, but I think we are finishing up. So thank you again for uh, being willing to be our first guest here, letting us practice on you uh, and uh, helping us out. But we're looking forward to October when we get to see you and just thank you so much. Well, it's been my pleasure and I'm looking forward to October too. And just all you ladies who are listening to this, please come on out. We're going to have a great time of fellowship and I would love to meet you. So please be there. All right. Thank you, Michelle. 